Monday Night Raw. Podcast in the shadows. Blake, doing the damn thing. WWA. Yeah, Monday Night Raw was fun last night. I thought it was an alright show. I thought it was, uh, well, the internet said it was better than last week. The WWE Universe, I guess, felt it was better than last week. And, um, you know, it was. It felt like it was just, you know, the right types of tweaks and revisions made to, uh, you know, what the storylines have been building to thus far. You know, it was. We had. We opened up the show with some action-packed wrestling. Uh, well, it was. It was good stuff with um, Roman coming out. Got a huge ovation from the crowd. Very good. Uh, you know, he came out, had some talk. Shane came on out because they're having their matchup at Super Showdown this Friday, streaming live on WWE Network. So, Shano and Roman have this spat. Roman, <laughs> according to Shane, is going to tap out and watch his eyes pop out his head and all the rest of this. I think that'll be uh, hilarious. And it was a, a nice... Nice highlight on the fact that Roman Reigns has never uh, submitted in a match. Like, wow, I didn't, I never thought about that. And yeah, that's we've seen Roman uh, be, you know, be defeated before, take a loss here and there, but he's never really, you know, tapped out to anybody. So Shane bringing that up and maybe, you know, being able to pull that off at Saudi Mania is, uh, you know, well, it remains to be seen, but it's definitely a bold claim from uh, the billionaire's son. So, um, uh, Roman is, of course, not not hearing that. And he goes into, with, goes into uh, speaking on how he's going to beat Shane and in two weeks he's going to take out Drew McIntyre. Like, oh, bull clans all over the place. Now, the internet ain't feeling that too, too tough. Like, they're, they're mad that we're going to have to see uh, Drew McIntyre and Roman go at it again after the Mania match, which some people say didn't necessarily live up to, you know, what they would, I guess, expect. But I think, like I said, these are just the small tweaks and revisions are made or are being made to how their rivalry is, you know, building. So I'm, I'm not opposed to uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre at stopping grounds. I think it, uh, you know, seeing how the match goes on Friday with Shano, we'll see just how uh, how much momentum Roman has going into it. Either way, schedule for a six-man tag team match with uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos, the Bloodline, taking on Drew McIntyre and the Revival. And they have a fair match. They attack Roman from behind. Uh I, excuse me, commentary uh, alluded to it briefly that there, we were scheduled for six-man tag action, but uh, the way it was set up, just for the live crowd, I guess, you know, with the shock from the revival to jump into the match, I thought that was just a nice touch on, um, you know, how just going into the first match of the evening. So, uh, fun stuff there. I'm not mad at it. Uh, awesome match to open the show great matchup to open the show in my opinion i think that uh you know the revival an awesome tag team they've definitely proven that they can you know go with the you know carry the flow of a match 
along with uh, the Usos being one of, you know, these guys are great tag teams, you know, and then they made the match uh, look real good. Rome got the hot tag and, you know, the people went crazy. Shano was outside. Uh, Drew McIntyre had great moments. Shano interfering toward the end of the match a lot. Uh, had Roman a little, you know, occupied, and Drew came out of nowhere with a Claymore. Looked awesome in the moment. The angle with the camera was real nice. I liked it. I thought that, uh, you know, the move looked impactful, and you know, it was it was good. Now, so Rome got uh, taken out outside, and they were able to. Oh, I think they hit a shatter machine outside also, which was also uh, very very good stuff. They. Uh, hit a shot machine on one of the Usos, you know, it was just, it was a good match, it was impactful, uh, they picked up the victory, and it was a <laughs> moment, <laughs> I didn't get to see it, but I saw the replay of it, Shano was able to, uh, hit a spear on Roman, <laughs> how about that, everybody's, uh, you know, people feel differently about it, but I thought it was just a nice touch, you know, and then Shane did the Roman thing, kind of the Goldberg thing, you know, after he hits his spear, but it was, you know, it's just funny stuff, you know, you know what went through my mind in WWE 2K20, that had to raise Shane's overall, I think Shane should go in, <laughs> going at a 93 now. If he would have been maybe an 87 or 88, now he should be, you know, maybe a 93 or a 94, just because he's the best in the world. You know, but um, yeah. Oh no, it was a good opening segment. Uh, for now, Shano and Drew McIntyre and Revival standing tall. We can still see, uh, you know, the boss's son being <laughs> uh, positioned as a, a top. Uh, talent in the company, uh, so uh, feel how you will about it. I'm, 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 you know, I'm impartial toward that. You know, he's he's definitely a talent in the company. And so, okay, some people might be against the heel turn for right now. Like, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe. I, well, let's just continue to watch this story develop with Shane, and maybe maybe a week. Pardon. Sorry about that. Maybe a, maybe a week off the TV, but, you know, maybe just him looming in the wings during the matches, you know, like, some people don't want to necessarily see Shano as a focal point in the match, and, you know, I'm, I, I can understand where they're coming from with that, you know, because there's so many other superstars that uh, can, you know, use the opportunity to, you know, carry the show and make it compelling and such, so I, I get it, but, all in all, like I said, good opening segment, good matchup, and, and good aftermath with the matchup also. All right. Lars Sullivan is going to be going up against the Lucha House Party, Kalisto, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik at Super Showdown. Uh, hey, it's, uh, it's going to be good. So they're building toward the matchup, and... Um, they are having, uh, 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 Kalisto comes out with the Lucha House Party, and I believe, oh, that's what it was, they were set up for tag team action, and, um, Lars Sullivan, I guess, crashed that party, and, um, he, uh, you know, they're, they're already, like, they're building toward the match when it came to, you know, that one is, 
there's just a small bit of the story that we have with, um, you know, them standing up to him and actually busting him open. They So when they do get to the physicality, which was the, you know, the main part, which is really, I guess, interesting enough, they were all trying to get Lars down with all of their high offensive attacks, and they it didn't necessarily work because uh, the freak is a behemoth. And he's, you know, <laughs> I love the camera angles with, with this guy, Lars Sullivan, man. It's so funny because, uh, and then you got Michael, Michael Cole building him, 6'3", 300-something power, three, it's, but the three, it is impressive, you know, but to be, uh, you know, 6'3", in a land of the Giants with just the way they made him look so huge, I like that. I thought it was nice, and I'm not mad at the idea at all with just all of that. So they had to fight. They couldn't necessarily get him down on the ground or anything like that, but they did uh, send him out of the ring. So they were uh, the Lucha House Party standing tall by the end of it. So, so uh, all in all, it was very, uh, very, very entertaining uh, for the most part. Got everybody uh, somewhat prepared for the matchup this Friday at Super Showdown between the four. Is it going to be Lucha House rules? That was one thought that came to mind when I was watching. What was the, well, last night wasn't an officially sanctioned match. So, yeah, is it going to be Lucha House rules or do they have to do the tag thing? Like, what's going to happen? We're going to find out uh, at Super Showdown. But all in all, it was good stuff. We led into uh, the women's segment and... This is not separating them at all because they all came out and they did their thing. I'm, uh, you know, Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. Um, I'm, the match was it, it let it was a good way they let into it just with the good promos from all three sides. Becky did a great job with you know just conveying like what was it if when she gets pissed off. You know, it's not a woman in the locker room that could stop and not a woman on the roster. And, you know, that was good. The crowd was definitely feeling it. I uh, believe this brought out Lacey Evans. And uh, they, and eventually, uh, well, Charlotte came out. So uh, last week, we know uh, Lacey turned on Charlotte in so many words or uh, started to fight. So now Charlotte is back, and uh, uh, what is it? Underneath the wild card rule, they went at it, had a good match. Hey, well, uh, let's get into it with the match. It wasn't uh, the greatest match. It was a feeling out process. Me, I liked the grappling. I liked them trying to figure out who was stronger. And I think that's the viewpoint that we should try to see that match from. Like, of course, we know Lacey is still uh, new to the main roster, and you know, they're, they're all getting acclimated to each other. And, you know, it's I, I'm not mad at, you know, the mistakes that were made only because we know that they can get better. There have been a lot of, uh, hey, have them work live shows together and, you know, be able to, you know, just have the ha- just learn each other better with the with their move set and how fast they move how their timing is. You know, you could see both of them were putting in 100%. And s- some other spots that didn't work out the best only happened like that because it's, uh, you know, they're still feeling each other out. Now, would you call the match rushed? 
I think honestly with the with the way Raw has been going, it's been very compelling and ha- I'm happy to see that they're taking the chances with certain superstars like this. Like it may not be the best outcome or the most expected outcome, but it's something to work with. And that's the way I think about it. I think that uh, Lacey went in and she was able to figure out what she needs to do uh, better from the in-ring standpoint. And, uh, you know, along with Charlotte, because some people are seeing it as, you know, Charlotte has to be able to carry some of these uh, superstars that are up and coming. And I, I can respect that. And I know that uh, Charizard would be more than up to task for that. So, you know, and the same thing goes for Becky and all of the other, you know, ladies on the roster that are eventually going to be in like natty type position, you know, out of storyline, you know, with really just having the in-ring prowess, uh, you know, sharpened and such like that. So, it was all no good segment, man, with the just talking and the the the, the lady thing, <laughs> just the, the little language, like the whoever wrote that stuff, they have. I tip my hat because it just made me chuckle a lot, just with the way they were all trying to carry themselves, because it's a it's a new. Uh, it's a new element to roll with, you know, Lacey Evans being the lady and claiming that she's, you know, the face of the women's division already. And yeah, the match wasn't, well, I like the match personally, especially just there, there was no, well, Charlotte won by disqualification because Becky got involved. We know that, but it's like, we didn't necessarily need to see a defined winner. So nobody walked out of there looking weak, man, going into the match. We got an automatic women, woman's right, <laughs> you know, and that shows that Lacey ain't scared of the static. Like she's, she, she punched Charlotte directly in the face after she said she was gonna do it. Like whoa, <laughs> and it was good. It was good stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's um, I thought it was like I said, a good segment, a good matchup. We know that they we know that they can do better, and I'm pretty sure they know that. So, and that's not any knock on them, and that's why I think a main problem with a lot of the critics in the WWE universe is they're they're so ready to try to call out something wrong that happened, and then what? How do you call it? Bury the talent or superstars that made a mistake. Like God, man, these are performers. Like let them let them perform. Jeez, like leave. Don't be so entitled to seeing high-level stuff because everybody ain't at the highest level. These guys claim to be, yes, and we've seen them do it time and time again. So I think they would be entitled to a couple of mistakes here and there. Pardon all of that extra noise in the background. My goodness. All right, Rey Mysterio, the United States champion. Uh, literally has a shoulder injury from Money in the Bank in his match against Samoa Joe, where Samoa Joe never technically lost because he had his shoulder up during the pinning predicament. Now, I I said it very clearly. Uh, Samoa Joe uh, not being able to have that match with Ray, it was unfortunate because... I know that they were going to be able to really put on an excellent show for us. When we got to see the replay of 
where Ray potentially injured his shoulder. I think it was on the Hurricane into the pending predicament, but because of the beatdown, maybe it gets made worse or who knows. I figured it was on the pending predicament, but I don't know because he started holding his shoulder real bad. You know, all the Uranagis that came after the fact that could have been one of the moments. It all could have been all together at once. You know, these things are. Like I said, it's just sad that it, that rivalry had to uh, happen like that. But Rey Mysterio being, you know, an honorable champion, you know, did a very difficult thing in relinquishing the championship. But uh, letting Samoa Joe become the champion because technically, you know, I guess, you know, Samoa Joe had, uh, you know, what, somewhat of... Uh, he never lost the match, but you know that's uh, you know how it goes. And then Joey attacked uh, Rey Mysterio after the fact. Some people want to see a United States Championship tournament. Some people are saying that uh, Super Showdown. They'd like to see uh, the the 50-man Battle Royal be for the United States Championship. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's some more storyline. Uh, lined up for Samoa Joe leading forward. I think personally right now, Samoa Joe should uh, have some competition that he can definitely defeat and have him look strong going forward. Now, sometimes he may, uh, the the word is being he's injury prone, but I, I, I don't, I, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Honestly, like with with Joe, like I want to see him be able to go out there and perform and do his thing, and you know impress the WWE universe. Like that's that's what we all want to see. You know, so you know we'll we'll see how the storylines you can see. Even I guess if it's against local talent, maybe you know, like does it. It, it, who who knows? We'll see how the weeks progress with the United States Championship. But right now, nobody uh, like the 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 crowd, the WWE universe is uh, you know they're they're trying to be able to have uh, all of the championships feel like they're important. So uh, it was it was all right. It was a you know good segment. Joe got good heel heat. And, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio, we we wish him a speedy recovery. I hope that he's going to be uh, all right leading forward. He said that Dominic's going to be, well, he's, Dominic's been training. So we're going to see how uh, that goes. You know, I'm pre- I know that was a very proud moment for Rey with, um, you know, just how, you know, uh, you know, watching his son, you know, do something that he loves. So, uh, with that good segment, we got into an arm wrestling match next with Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Bobby Lashley, so strong, man. Uh, of course, we know there's a lot of silly shenanigans and, you know, uh, jokes. But Bobby Lashley uh, <laughs> smacked him in the beginning. And then it was like, you know, Braun Strowman still being a, a semi-good sport, even though it's uh, clearly some... Yeah, shenanigans afoot. Uh, it was all right. Arm wrestling match went down. Bobby Lashley hand slipped. You know, it was, you know, standard arm wrestling uh, segment on WWE TV. And took the, 
you know, he took the powder, I forget what it's called, but he took that and then he uh, threw it in Braun Strowman's face and got the, hit the running power slam. He lifted up Braun with ease and Braun so athletically gifted, he was able to really, you know, they both did an excellent job, you know, with, you know, just all of the elements. It was good. It was very, very good. I liked it. It was, you know, something that was uh, expected. You know, Braun Strowman picked up the victory. Bobby Lashley to beat down, and now they're going to have their match this Sunday at Super Showdown. And, you know, people were, I think, pulling for Braun. I would, I'm hoping that we get to see awesome displays of strength, but I don't want to see them uh, gas out too fast. So we need to hope they uh, take their time if you will, and, you know, space out uh, the awesomeness, but they but still be able to put on, like, an awesome show that isn't, like, a bunch of rest holds. So it's going to be a real power match. That's the way it's being built. So we will definitely see. Last week, they uh, they definitely fought out of the arena. So, and this week, now they're having a test of strength. So this is uh, going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a slugfest, maybe. But we'll find out. Nikki Cross took on Peyton Royce. Uh, Nikki Cross picked up the victory. But this was after newfound buddy and friend uh, Alexa Bliss uh, came out. New merch. <laughs> and something about, I think it was called Twisted Bliss Coffee. Ooh, sounds delicious. Um, Peyton was it yeah Peyton kicked the coffee out of hand at ringside coffee all over the damn you know outside on the floor crazy Alexa slips in it I believe Nikki was able to pick up the victory with the uh swinging neck breaker with the when she's hanging up on the ropes good good move um but but Alexa Bliss got pissed off and jumped in the ring and hit a that you know, missile drop kick looked awesome. So this may mean that Alexa Bliss is uh, cleared for in-ring competition if she's going in and taking a bump like that. You know, I she looked great doing it. Five feet of furious, like she got mad, and and you see the oh man, oh man, it was great. It was great. And then we haven't gotten to see her, so to be able to you know. And see you get in there and do a thing, man. Like it's, it's really like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, everybody's happy about it. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and, and say that I still wanted to see the Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss frenemies storyline. It didn't happen. So good, you know. It is what it is. But you know, we're getting that uh, storyline with. Nikki Cross in so many tenses, so it'll be, uh, I think it's gonna be very entertaining, to say the very least, to see how this little, uh, this, this unit develops, I think that, uh, we, we might be able to see them go at, go for the Women's Tag Team Championships, who knows, now people are really upset that the heel champions are losing matches, uh, have they defended the women's tag team championship since? Let's see. It. Let's see a championship defense and see how the story would go. I think uh, I would 
I would like to see the Iconics actually win as the Women's Tag Team Champ. I think I, I think I get a kick out of uh, moments, not all of them, but it's certain moments when Mr. McMahon is trolling the crowd, and I, I just find it hilarious because it's like you know the people are gonna get so mad and have so much to say and yeah it's something that we all love and care about and you know take seriously and want to be able to you know uh be emotional about so to speak so these moments where the iconics are just like You know, losing, but ultimately win when it counts. Oh my goodness, I, I think that I think we I think we could be on the song with that. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. They there are well are there other women's tag teams right now that are really like solidifying this spot. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have uh, just formed up. Um, we haven't seen. Uh, Naomi on WWE TV for a while since Money in the Bank. So, oh, his is not there. Just to, if I mean, unless the wild card rule is literally just for, you know, uh, ha-has at this point. But if we're going to have the superstars from other brands come on over, maybe we should have something in the graphic to pop up and say like oh, wild card instead of having to depend on a uh, commentary to let us know because commentary is like doing you know, so much other stuff like they could be in the middle of like speaking on things and all the rest of that whatever but i think uh you know that's just a small suggestion but either way uh like it was good good little matchup and afterward well, aftermath with alex bliss uh getting blissed off <laughs> and delivering that miss with dropkick. Miss TV featuring Seth Rollins. Shouts to the Miz. This is I'm I, I enjoy seeing him work. I enjoy hearing him on the microphone. The Miz has turned into a staple character on WWE TV for me. So I'm if, if we see him in a storyline, we do. If we don't, I'm not mad, but it's, I think he's, okay, let's say, I think he's definitely a competitor that if we see, I right, he's in the running or he he's in the matchup to maybe become, you know, to go for number one contendership, you know, it's like, all right, cool. And I don't want to say that to make it seem like, oh, well, now he could go and job out. Nah, man, it's like he's a respected competitor. So having Miz TV with Seth freaking Rollins and uh, Seth come on out, talk about the money in the bank thing, talk about, you know, Lesnar and, you know, how the McMahons are upset. Now he went, now Brock wants to cash in on Seth and he wants him to hurry up and just do it. You know, there's some people are upset on the Internet about Seth and so many tenses looking weak about this. Either way. After a bunch of fakes, and well, not part of me, not to you know say it like that, but after a bunch of uh, you know false starts, Brock Lesnar did come out, and uh, man, well, with a chair. Actually, no, pardon. Baron Corbin came out. Brock Lesnar's music hit, and uh, eventually, then it just went away. Eventually, Brock, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Eventually, Baron Corbin came out and. You know, had to talk, so you need to be focused on our match. You need to be worried about uh, 
Shouldn't be worried about Brock at all. Blah blah. I like Baron, <laughs> but um, I think this turns into a match, or it turns into a fight. Either way, as those two go at it, um, wait a minute. As those two go at it, we had uh, Brock Lesnar definitely come out. Uh, Baron Corbin hit the end of days, which I believe was what brought Lesnar out. And Lesnar went to town on, uh, on on Seth with that steel chair, and it was it was something else. So Brock uh, literally bent the chair almost in half, just knocking on Seth with it, and left. Now Paul Heyman wanted him to cash in right then and there. Brock said, nah, we're going to save it for Friday. I think that was a great way to keep people interested in the episode and also have uh, Brock now be at Super Showdown and, you know, just have that presence in the show. So, all in all, um, Brock didn't cash in, went back in and hit Seth one time with the briefcase kind of bending it and... Now they're gonna, well, we're just gonna see how things play out on Friday at Super Showdown, streaming live on the WWE Network. All right, Bray Wyatt's segment, Firefly Funhouse. Um, hey, I, you gotta, gotta go look at that segment for yourself. Bray Wyatt is, uh, and quite uh, the character with this uh, new gimmick. At the Firefly Funhouse this week, he was uh, he introduced the uh, Huskus, the, the Pig Boy, <laughs> and um, it was very uh, entertaining stuff, to say the very least. Um, it, was, it was a throwback to his old character, and then we got to see uh, a Vince McMahon puppet with the devil horns and boy oh boy he uh, came in told him to get his act together and uh Brady showed up right at first said hold on don't worry we got this so you know, Vince left it alone and then I think it started out the was it a workout dance or something like that but it was a dance video and it was all comedy and I thought it was uh, some of the, the, the best stuff <laughs> that, like, you know, just with the, the music. It's, it's great with the dance break, you know. It was great with, um, it was another thing that they did. We know with all the truth dance break. And it was something else, something else that has been it's just like, wow. This is just, oh, well, no, well, Robert Rude's mustache on the Internet had a thing. But they've been just being coming with some fairly uh, viral, viral entertaining stuff in the past couple of months, you know, with all of the uh, critiques that the WWE universe has for them. Either way you look at it, it's still, you know, still getting some really, really funny stuff. So, oh no, that was that segment, and uh, I like that, you know, we. Everybody is wanting to see how it translates to the ring. I think they can take their time on that, and uh, it not can't, something can't be overdone. 
you know, like I can't have, I, I don't want to see people start talking down on this because then it feels like they'll lose hope. I know that with this, it's like, it's everything that the people want to see. It's everything that they're looking for. It's something entertaining. It's something different. And, um, you know, I'm just optimistic to seeing how it continues to, you know, develop and evolve and stuff like that because it has, you know, so many elements of, you know, the light and the dark and balance. I mean, it's just, you know, funny. It's funny in a way. So, and it definitely still holds true to the Bray Wyatt character, to the Waylon Mercy character, you know, just the hilarious spin. And it even shows that Mr. McMahon is a good sport with, uh, you know, <laughs> having that. And people are saying that that, that puppet there is it's going to be iconic, you know, for no pun intended. But it's going to be a definite, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to live on type. So I, I liked it. Uh, we get to the segment next up with Randy Orton and Triple H. COO comes out first, almost starts talking. Randy comes out, interrupts him, excuse me. And um, they had a very nice back and forth, just... You know, the you could see the pride in Triple H's eyes, which is, you know, you know, you you, you want to have this tense moment with, uh, you know, with your opponent, but you can't do it. So Triple H just delivered one. He he's so mature now, you know, and you can really feel that with just how comfortable he is with delivering a promo part of me you can you can you can hear it in you know how it's so well written you know and you know he says it well and randy was right there to be able to keep right up with him so with all of that said the one thing that really stood out to me was you know when uh triple h re-brought it up about you know pressure making coal turn into dust or it will turn into a diamond. And Randy Orton has indeed, I think in all of our opinions, turned into a diamond in the WWE. So with that, we all, I, I appreciated it. You know, I thought it was just really, really uh, cool to see that. And, you know, just have Triple H pass that good rub, but still be the game. Because, oh no, no. Don't let the suit fool you. That's what he said. He's still definitely throwed down. Everybody's tried to put Triple H down and he's just. And guess what? They're all gone and he's still there. Man, oh man. It, this is what I mean with just Triple H being, you know, the guy. And of course, you know, we have to have a almost obligatory Stephanie McMahon joke. But I love how Triple H was able to own that. Like, yeah, you know what? He is. Yeah, I'm married. You know, and you know she does, and he made it. You gotta go watch the segment for yourself. I'm not even gonna go into the examples that were made. It was just entertaining stuff, and all around an entertaining segment from Triple H and Randy Orton. It got me excited in a in a very positive way for their matchup this Friday at Super Showdown, streaming live on the WWE Network. It's just you're gonna be able to see both of these guys go at it. And I hope they don't go for an extra long matchup. We, I don't have a problem with those two going at it, but 
I don't necessarily want to see those two try to take each other to the extremes. You know, we want to see. Just, I I would even call maybe if anything at max a twenty minute match at max at max maybe a a fifteen minute match between the two just to keep both of them looking great you know even if one has to go uh down in defeat i don't know but it's um it was a good segment though i did enjoy it a lot ricochet and cesaro man the wwe universe needs to really be appreciative for the show that these two superstars have been putting on They've they've gone above and beyond in so many tenses. Uh, the the Call of Duty when it comes to making uh, just just having a match. So far they're at match three. They they're doing what they can to show the athleticism, and as they continue to mesh and I'm hoping that people don't start to get tired of seeing it only because of the small mishaps that were made during the match I think what I'm hoping for is for all of the people to want to see all of these moves crisp you know and have it you know just have every bit of the match you know, like, just feel the story told, like, they're looking for the execution of the moves, you know, to be almost flawless. I think that this energy is what Ricochet and Cesaro were both feeling with their mishaps. They were both trying to perform at the highest level. And this, that is exactly what we're all looking for in the WWE universe. No questions asked. Ricochet went up onto the barricade for his, uh, for Hurricane spot. He, it was just, I guess, the adrenaline was so high, and because just the reception and it shows like these guys really want to work together. So, man, the moments that they were able to hit stuff with just, man, you have to watch these two at work. It's, it's literally what we what we saw with Lacey and Charlotte is just different because they're, you know, different superstars. So I'm willing to watch these guys go at it a few more times, maybe with uh, some things like whoever wins gets to take on Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. People are asking for a tournament. People even making reference to seeing it happen at Super at the Super Showdown in the 50-man Battle Royal. Because what's the stakes in that match? You know, if somebody wins something there, then what's it going to be? You know, what happens then? So do they just get to talk about it for a couple of weeks and then move right along? I wouldn't be opposed to that in, in, in some tenses. You know, uh, to the well is where the matches move. And if you if you get it, you get it. If you don't, no problem. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it was, 
I think it was a good matchup. And the in the, the, the pending predicament at the end was something that I know they both really wanted to execute flawlessly. So next time, next time, I, I feel like we're really going to get to see these guys really show off. Like, I'm not, like, I know that what they were trying to pull, like, pull off last night at the show was they were trying to do high-level stuff to really solidify themselves as main players on the main roster. It, it would almost seem like they didn't accomplish that goal, but I'm willing to see them do it again because they were so close, and they did hit some really good spots. Both sides were great. Cesaro is excellent, man. The new music, the new attitude he has, you know. Uh, you know, his old promo. Some people like to hear themselves talk. You know, it's, uh, hey, if Ricochet is getting good on his promo. So now I think Ricochet need to go back at Cesaro. Like, hey, at least I, at least I, I can, you know. And I'm going to, you know, have something with, um, you know, kick him in the mouth, something like that. I mean, just to make the show, you know, the, the, the competition that much more stiff between the two. Like, yeah, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. So, you know, this this could be a thing. Because right now, Ricochet on, on the microphone sounds a little media trained. Like, he's, he's thankful for the opportunity. Like, he's everything we thought Apollo Crews was going to be. But... He's Ricochet. Not to take anything away from Apollo at all. We just want to... We want to see these guys develop in the stars. And the crowd... They're clearly open to organically getting behind superstars. But it has to be, you know, an organic thing. So, uh, you know, that I'm happy to be here. Of course, that's cool. But... Now, it's, you know, because Ricochet's been on the main roster for a while now, we would uh, we would hope to see him, you know, come with uh, more of the, I am a future icon. I am the best at this, and, and I'm second to none, you know, like one and only. Like, you got to come with it and have people really feeling like you have to match that cool. The rule of cool clearly states that you have to be as cool as your moves are. So, with that, um, hey, I like Ricochet and I like Cesaro. I think those two are really going to give us some awesome matches in uh, the coming weeks and coming months. Even if uh, they tag up, I don't know. Some people even saying because that's what they're accustomed to seeing, maybe that could be a thing with Ricochet and Cesaro. Hey, Alice the Black could be jealous. I don't know. These throwing, throwing, throwing rice at the wall, <laughs> you know, just seeing if uh, something might be able to translate through uh, to the WWE product. But uh, all in all, like I said, that was good stuff. And I believe in the very main event segment of the evening, we were graced and honored with the presence of the dead man, the undertaker himself. Man, the phenom, it came out. You know he got this matchup with Goldberg. That was the first match announced Everybody felt a way about it. I think the reception has been overall positive. 
These are two legends that are going to go at it. I don't know how long the match is going to be. I don't know how long I want the match to be. I I don't know how the story is going to go because we know that Goldberg has been a, you know, he's been the dominant force. And we also know that Taker has been, You we already seen it. We already know how, how you know, Taker has been able to really just have the presence and that be able to get in his opponent's head enough for Taker to be able to pick up the victory automatically. Some people are saying that Undertaker already has the mental edge over uh, Goldberg. Some people are saying that uh, Goldberg is going to be able to go in there, spit Jack Hammer one, two, three. Um, predict this story. Spear Jack Hammer kick out, choke slam tombstone kick out. But these are all things only to make the match that much more, you know, compelling. I'm interested to see these things take place between these two legends in this industry. Like it's, I I, I don't want to predict too much because I don't know how this story could go. It could be choke slam tombstone one two three. You know, who knows? But we'll find out at Super Showdown Friday, streaming live on the WWE Network. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we shout out everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week, during the Ricochet and Cesaro match, we did get to see a 24-7 title defense in so many senses because the title is always, or the championship is always on the line. So, we know that our truth and Carmella were at a golf course trying to, uh, you know, to, well, our truth apparently is a golfer, likes to clear his thoughts and calm his mind. However, he was saying it, it's on a WWE YouTube channel, and it was uh, Jinder Mahal to come out of nowhere to try to uh, get the excuse me the twenty four seven championship, pinned our truth. Then R-Truth was able to get the pin back off of a Carmella distraction. And R-Truth is still your, well, once again, <laughs> your new 24-7 champion. What's that, three-time, four-time? That's, it's, it's hilarious. You know, I don't know how long it's going to be. But either way, after uh, Cesaro and Ricochet go at it, wait, I think it was supposed to, oh, Cesaro got mad, was going for a beatdown. Oh, man. Cesaro beating down Ricochet, went outside, going to get the tables. And we get, uh, give me one second, please. Yeah, Cesaro's heading underneath the ring to get some tables. Got a ladder out. It was going to be something crazy. But on one of the tables is the 24-7 champion, R-Truth. Whatever. The entire locker room. Well, the, that part of the locker room comes out. Hilarious stuff. Our truth and Drake Maverick at it. Well, they almost went at it. Carmella was able to uh, hit a super kick, which she's really been working on. <laughs> and um, yes, our uh, truth was able well, to yeah escape with uh, Carmella yet again with the twenty four seven championship. So. Shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. I think that uh, Raw was uh, much better than uh, some other weeks. It 
it didn't feel like it sped by, but everything was, uh, it felt like things, even though there weren't stakes, every segment uh, had some kind of part of moving each character's story forward in one way or another. So, I will catch you guys uh, tomorrow for SmackDown Live. We got Goldberg coming in. And uh, we got a whole bunch of other stuff taking place on the show, along with a lot of twists and turns for these superstars with the super, well, excuse me, with the wild card rule in effect. So I will catch you guys then. Peace out and one love.